0: This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 267. Hi, veterinary friends. Before I get into this interview, I want to thank you for listening and ask a favor. I'm working on getting help out there to more veterinary professionals and in order to do that I need your help. If you can subscribe, share, and or leave a five-star review anywhere you listen to this podcast it would be so helpful in getting this information into our veterinary friends hands. Follow my Instagram, Facebook, even TikTok I'm getting into now. I'd love to see you there. I also will be working on my YouTube channel soon to get more of the podcast videos out to you and some of the other things that I'm doing, so if you can subscribe there, I would really appreciate it. The work that I'm doing is all about helping people that work in the veterinary field find love for this profession again. I want us to build the life that we desire inside and outside of work. You can help me by sharing the blogs, my new book, the podcasts, and my videos with other people that need our help. This veterinary community is my passion. So if you agree with me and you want to help our profession, please help me get this information out to more people like you. Also, if you've not already tried coaching and you would like to, I have a place on my website where you can get a free coaching to learn more with me about what it's like to be coached. Um, Go to theveterinarylifecoach.com or juliecapell.com and sign up there. And also, you can get on my mailing list for my Wednesday weekly words, which are free. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks again for all your help. And let's get into this interesting interview with a professional organizer her name is Connie and I hope you enjoy hey everyone welcome to the veterinary life coach podcast today I have a wonderful guest for you her name is Connie Ellison and she's an engineer professional organizer speaker and the author of several books her most recent is clear the space feel the rush Connie helps people release their creativity and energy by letting go of unnecessary clutter. Welcome to the podcast, Connie. I'm thrilled to have you.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Julie. It's great to be here.
0: I'm excited. You know, I talk to veterinarians and we all have like ultra busy lives. We work and we have kids and families and houses. And I know um, from my own experience that when my house feels really cluttered, I get anxious. Yes. And so when I saw that you were an organizer and you and you talk to people about that, I thought that was a wonderful thing to to talk about on this podcast. So I'm excited to have this conversation. Thank you. I love I love it, especially the decluttering side. That's more what my books
1: about because I think that organizing is kind of is relatively easy once you have enough you've pared down your belongings enough to where it easily fits into your space. But the decluttering is also the hardest part. Yeah,
0: because it's overwhelming, right? It yeah. causes overwhelm when you see big. I mean, I've no I've been known to do that. I go into my basement and I look in my storage room and I think this place needs to be cleaned up. And then I'm like, uh, mm, it's too much. <laughs> too much. Exactly. You get overwhelmed. You just want to turn around and shut the door. Yeah, I've done that many times. <laughs> <laughs> it's neat clutter, but it's still cluttered. So yeah. okay. So why don't you start by. Telling me in the audience a little bit about like your story because you're an engineer. So mm-hmm. how did you get into this decluttering space? Yes.
1: Well, I partly because um, in 2006, my 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 work is tied to the building market, and after 9/11, it it went down for several years, and I kept getting laid off, and I thought huh, I really enjoyed organizing my desk more than the work. So maybe I'll try professional organizing.
0: <laughs> I love that. So it was a <laughs> pandemic career change, huh? Yeah. That's awesome.
1: That's long ago. And then I, and then I've written three previous books about my interests. In, and then of course this one, because I, I'm a kind of an organizing book junkie. And so I could see that you could get to 90% done or you, you get it all done. And then three months later, it's chaos again. So I knew that there was more to it than just the perfect organizing system. There must be some mental and emotional clutter that was keeping, keeping things kind of in the way they were.
0: That's the key to everything, right? The mental part of it.
1: I grew up moving about every six months to a year. My father worked for an oil company and I lived in 18 different towns before I was 15. So we, our thing was travel light. And because I was always, and I actually kind of grew up with a horror of having too many possessions because I was always thinking about the next move.
0: Oh, and then, okay. So that I, was anxiety producing.
1: Yes. Oh, very. Yeah. <laughs> so then after I left uh, college or when I finished, I came to Denver and everything that I owned was in my car, including a bicycle and two big speakers. So. That's how I started my life in Denver and then five years later I was married and had had two little boys and we moved from a bigger house to a smaller one and it took me and five big guys four and a half hours to load everything into a giant moving van. So I'm like,
0: what happened? Yeah, how'd I go from a car to this?
1: <laughs> so, and it it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a terribly cluttered house. We just had a lot of space, and we put, you know, furniture and fill everything. it
0: up, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah.
1: I started downsizing from then, and I've been doing it ever since. So um, is
0: downsizing, Well, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt your story, but this question just popped into my mind: Is downsizing <laughs> the same as decluttering, or are they two different kind of concepts? Well,
1: they're related to each other. If you you have way too much stuff for the amount of space that you live in to feel comfortable, and and each person has a different level of comfort. One of the things I mentioned in my book was a study they did at UCLA, where they discovered that older teenagers and men were much more uh, comfortable or content seeing all their possessions in their visual space. Way more than the women, the moms. And I'm oh. like, that's not news. But anyway, you know. Right.
0: Like I never news. thought of it, but it's fascinating. My husband likes to have all his stuff on the counter
1: uh-huh.
0: in the bathroom. And it drives me nuts.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> they, like, they like to be able to see their possessions, see that's their domain. Very interesting. Which could be why garages are often very cluttered. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, in fact, I was speaking once at a small group of mostly older men at a breakfast, and I said, you could put all your, your garden tools in a big clean garbage can so they just stick out like toothbrushes, you know, in their room. And they're like, No, no, that's not gonna work. We wanna see them all spread out on the wall. You know? Hanging
0: on the wall, yeah. That's
1: fascinating. So you have to you have to come to some con- conclusion or you have to work with each other to agree to have some spaces where mom is extremely comfortable and somewhere dad can be be at his ease as well and so it's always a negotiation but i for me uh i if i'm doing something difficult or very creative like my engineering work is sometimes quite a lot of brain damage. and It's, it's hard <laughs> it's, to, there's
0: a lot of brain work involved, right? Yeah.
1: So if there's a bunch of stuff in my visual field, I'm just like paralyzed. So I need, I need to, in fact, I'm working on my office now to get it down. My dream, my dream for my whole house is that it looked like a vacation condo. And so kind of like your bedroom there where everything is yes. nicely
0: yeah. And the reason it looks like this is because I have the same philosophy as you now is okay, I don't want to buy too much because I don't want it to get too cluttered. Right, right. Yeah. I have a little, I have a couple piles on my desk. So full disclosure, there's a little <laughs> pile here.
1: <laughs> right. That's why we have the cameras so we can't see everything. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's right. That's right.
1: Anyway, so that's I knew there's probably other people like me that that also are hampered by having clutter in their visual field or. Or wherever in their life. So, <clears throat> even though my book is also about emotional clutter, mental and emotional clutter, and it's also about physical body clutter, because sometimes we we've been we've let we've let things pile up in our bodies, whether it's um, arterial plaque or whatever. Not maybe not eating as well as we could, or or getting enough exercise. Exercise is the number one way to declutter your body. So uh, we haven't done that for a while. We're feeling kind of sluggish. Then we really don't want to tackle that clutter because it takes too much energy to get started. So all these things kind of tie together, I realized, with each other, they're interconnected. And so that's one of the things that if somebody's just like, oh, I can't get started on that decluttering of my stuff, they can start somewhere else. And uh, another podcaster that I talked to said, yeah, after I go to the gym... I I come home and I'm I'm ready to tackle that junk drawer or whatever she said I'm I feel much more energized, so I thought oh thanks for that that's a great story because it really illustrates what I was what I was getting at.
0: Yeah, I think with veterinarians, what happens with us sometimes is our job is very physical. Yes, and so you mm-hmm. know when you spend nine or ten hours on your feet, up and down off the floor, wrestling with dogs. If you're a large animal vet, you're out on the farm. There's a lot of physicality in our job. And I think what happens is with a lot of us and the people that I coach, I find this true, is that when we get home, we're so tired physically that Uh we have a hard time exercising. We have a hard time cleaning up. We have a hard time with that energy. And so then we get even more overwhelmed by all the things that need to be done in the home, especially if it's cluttered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what, what... Tell me a little bit about what you think about that. Okay. Well, I needed to, I
1: never, my thing is non judgmental. So if you, I could say exercise, but it's really movement. And right. the life you describe is way, way more than enough movement for anybody. <laughs> so number one, don't feel guilty if you're not getting to your exercise. No guilt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's my, actually, my number one tip of the whole book is first declutter the guilts.
0: Ah, I love that. Okay, talk a little bit about that because we have a lot of guilt. We have mom guilt. We have veterinary case guilt. We have, you know, we're behind mm-hmm. in our cases and people are waiting guilt. We have lots of guilt. So <laughs> talk a little bit about that. <laughs> well,
1: it's the gift that keeps on giving because it's just, it just piles up on itself guilt. You can feel guilty for not having done it already. Or so I, I kind of say, let's start fresh every day. You are incredibly busy, so give yourself a break. Mm. And when you have time or if you have the ability to hire someone or get your friends to help you or your kids to help you, try to simplify your belong- belongings, your surroundings as much as you can so that, that you aren't faced with a bunch of paralyzing you know, clutter when you come home from this extremely busy day. Basically, just give yourself a break because you're doing – an incredible amount of stuff, like you said, and it's, it's a guilt is kind of a waste of time. And and some of it is there's shame. And that's really more what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, I was just thinking that there's a lot of shame involved when you have a cluttered space.
1: If you, if you feel guilty about something where you actually did something wrong, <laughs> or you didn't do something wrong, and you you want to make amends, and it inspires you to make amends, that's sort of some good guilt, but most of us are on the useless side of shame and guilt and nobody who does the job that you do, that you described or the life that you describe should feel guilty at all
0: about anything, right? Right. Yeah. 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 And then we feel guilty about feeling guilty. Exactly. <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff going around in our, in our little brains that we have to work on.
1: Yeah, a lot of us, we're we're kind of, our culture tells us we should be able to get everything done or do everything, just manage our time right. But it's really a lot more about the energy. And one of the number one things that I learned in my, it took me 14 years to write this book because... Oh, wow. That's (laughs) a lot. I thought mine was slow. (laughs) I didn't have a deadline since I was self-publishing like I had on my previous three books. So that's part of it. But I was so busy, I got... I got busy again with engineering consulting. Now I work at home. And I couldn't face one more hour a week on the computer. So that was part of it. But um, letting go of all this, this crap is like, it's. and I'm talking about the useless guilt. We, we need to be a lot more realistic about what we can actually get done in a day and, and
0: then um, it's all okay. Like nobody'll know in a year if your dishes were clean every night. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like I used to race when my kids <clears> were <throat> little, they would always joke because if I if somebody was coming over, like my parents or company. I would like spend the whole day like running around and getting the house all cleaned up, and they would. Then, then the joke was, if I was ever cleaning, they'd be like, "Mom, who's coming over?" <laughs> and I'd be like, "No one. I'm just cleaning." <laughs> that's
1: a great line.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. like, oh, I, I think that's what a lot of us do.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it works really good. Um, the best thing I learned in those ten years is what I call the ten minute do nothing meditation.
0: Ooh, let's talk about that. I love that.
1: It's where you sit, and this is going to be hard for moms with kids, but you sit, you might have to do it before you leave the office. <laughs> you sit and look at something interesting, maybe look out the window or something in your room. doesn't have to be fancy, but if it's beautiful, that's that's nice. And you just sit there and do nothing. You're not praying, you're not meditating, you're not thinking You're not planning. You're just sitting there getting bored with yourself. Uh, Sometimes I say, what would you like me to know? And so I just ask that question. So God or the angels or the spirit guides are going to tell you or your higher self. And it's incredible the insights that come into your mind when you're just sitting there doing nothing.
0: Yeah, no phone, no social media, not thinking about what you're going to do next. Yeah, it's difficult. That is an exercise that I have been trying to do for my own anxiety Uh because I find that I cover up my anxiety by doing. Uh And so the challenge is, can I just not do? Right. And it's hard. It's hard for doers. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like you're on the right track though. You
1: could start with five minutes or even three minutes. It's
0: yeah. But I'm really glad you talked about that because I, I really do think that we think that doing nothing is either wrong or, that we're wasting time. Like we have all this and it really is good for your brain.
1: Yes, it is. I I listened to a, a neuroscientist on on TikTok and he's always saying that it's it's good for your brain to take that break because you kind of accumulate what you've learned. You kind of process it and and come up with some intuition. You and that's know, when the good ideas and, come up, huh? Yes, exactly. Sometimes I just sometimes something comes in my head that reminds me that I needed to get X, Y, Z done by a certain time and I'd forgotten about it. Sometimes that comes in. And then sometimes I just like completely look at a situation differently. And, and all of a sudden I feel a lot better.
0: Yeah. So that's a, a good way to overcome that guilt and overwhelm too. Exactly. It's awesome.
1: The other thing that I highly recommend to anybody if they haven't already learned how to do it is tapping. And oh,
0: I love that. I had, I had a couple of people on the podcast that taught me tapping. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Talk about that. That's, that's a it's, good, good thing.
1: It's really outstanding for anxiety as that you mentioned, because it calms down your amygdala. It's like a very concrete. It's not anything hoodoo voodoo. It's just very concrete mind, body, a quick, you know, calm down relieves anxiety because it gets you into the present. And most of our, our minds are going to the past, the future, the past, the future. We're rarely in the present. So doing the tapping, it's um, there's lots of scientific studies about it, how it just calms you right down and kind of makes you see the the silliness of <clears throat> all the, all the uh, pressures you're putting on yourself and releases them. But the main thing is it, it brings up endorphins And that's, in my book, that's the rush that I talk about in the title. We've all felt that rush when we declutter a closet or something, go back and look at it and say, oh, that feels good. I I don't know whether it's accurate or not, but I say, oh, that's the feng shui energy that's coming, you know, it's circling around, circling through you, making you feel better. And endorphins, right now, I I actually learned to turn on the endorphins through all this tapping that I did. And some other experiences that I had, Uh, towards the end of writing my book that I I learned how to turn it on and it's it's very calming it makes you see the humorous side of things which is one of the one of the best ways to relieve stress and get yourself into the present and forget about all the useless clutter in your mind
0: yeah laughing and smiling that's so good that's so good for you it calms that calms your body down Exactly. Brings you into the present moment. That's awesome. Yeah. So if anybody doesn't know what tapping is, you can find videos and, um, things on the internet about how to do it. Um, and I think, I don't remember what podcast it was, but I had a couple of people on that, that actually went through it with me
1: uh-huh.
0: and we actually did it on the podcast and that was, that was really fun. And it, it does work. It's very interesting. I often forget to do it. Like I oh, forget yeah. it. I think of meditation and yoga and that, but I forget the tapping, uh-huh. but it's a, it's a really interesting technique to help you calm.
1: There's a website called the tappingsolution.com. Yes. They, they have, they do a really good job of, of, uh, getting out information about tapping and every year in the end of February, they have a tapping summit for, for a week. You can get access to about two or three hours a day of different you know, whatever, whatever you're interested in, different experts talking about tapping with in relation to certain emotions or situations you might be going through. And then I always buy their entire package. It's like, if I buy it before they start, it's like $67. And if I buy it during it's 97. So it's, it's pretty minimal. And then you can listen to those the rest of your life.
0: (laughs) Oh, those are not that's nice. Yeah. Okay, That's cool. I'll have to try to remember to put that in the notes. It's very generous of them, yeah. So talk to me, we're kind of talking about the mental aspect of it. So talk to me, practically speaking, like if I came to you and I said, my house is a mess, I'm overwhelmed, I don't know what to do. How do we get started and how do you start decluttering and and organizing? Or how would you tell someone to do that?
1: First, I ask them what to define what their dream is for their life, how they want to spend their time and might not just start looking at the piles or whatever we have to get an idea because it's always an idea that inspires you to, to go ahead and do the work it's not anything else so having a dream for what you'd like like I mentioned earlier that my dream is the vacation condo mode in yes my house, um, that's what I that's what I aspire to so then you can either tackle a space or like just think about what your whole you want your whole life to be. If you got kids, but you just want to always be out doing adventures, then you might want to head towards army barracks minimalism. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: there's nothing to care for at home, and then you can be yeah. on the adventures.
1: So you don't feel the guilt of right? going out and having a big time while your while your house is still a wreck. Um, if you want to do a lot of entertaining, that might be a different a different layout. And sometimes I will show people a book that has lots of different decorating styles from minimalist to extremely decorated and ask them to page through it and see which which of those appeals to them or feels comfortable. <clears throat> Excuse me. I didn't like that. So
0: that's okay. <laughs> um,
1: the The level of decor that they're comfortable with. And most of us, we have... A little too a little too much or even way too much one of the one of the feng shui principles is when you get finished with a cupboard or a closet you leave a quarter to a third of the space open not not jam-packed okay and that allows for more good things to come in your life leaves like an energetic space it may or may not be something tangible but um, it also has a very practical benefit because when it's time to put stuff away, you're not trying to put it into an area that's already jam packed, which makes you want to avoid the whole thing um, and drag your feet. So it really helps with that thing you were talking about where you run around and tidy up.
0: Yeah, that uh, <laughs> we're having company hurry yeah. up and clean the house up, throw everything in the, in the back bedroom closet just to yeah. get it out of the line of sight, right? <laughs> exactly. And that doesn't
1: help each person, each family is unique. And so we we work with what their dream is and working towards that goal. And of course, all along the way, being patient with yourself and realizing that things come up where you have to you have to put that that business aside for a while. Most of us could probably because we live in a country where it's so easy to get inexpensive goods um, and we can't. Maybe we can't resist a bargain. We end up with more stuff than than we can comfortably hold or look at. So um, downsizing is part of decluttering. So, you,
0: so you start with your dream and your vision for what you want your place or whatever to look like. Even your desk, right? You could start right. just. I would love my desk to look like this.
1: Uh huh. And,
0: and then, so you have the vision. And then you have to declutter. Is that like the second step after the Right. Drink? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: You work towards it. And I would say, take, take whichever area of your house bugs you the most, or you could focus on your bedroom because that should be a place of serenity. And, you know, that should be a retreat, not something that makes you more nervous and makes it hard to sleep because there's always stuff going on. I, I, I don't even have a TV, but if I had one, I certainly wouldn't have one in my bedroom because <laughs> that just puts a lot of electronics at your beck and call right before you try and go to sleep. Right. So, um, yeah, just your kitchen, your bedroom. A lot of times, I say maybe start with the basement or start with the garage because then you're you're getting out the oldest of the old crap, and there's there's something about stirring up the energy by pulling everything out of a space. Uh, whether it's a closet or or a set of shelves in the garage, and you get to get reacquainted with all the things that you actually do have that you might have forgotten about, and <laughs> yeah. decide if that's really if that really suits your family anymore. I had one client that I thought had done a great job with this. They they once they had this big pegboard in their garage with all the tools nicely arranged on the thing but they realized that they don't nobody does handyman stuff anymore. They just hire it. <laughs> and so, so they have
0: all these tools that they never use.
1: Right. So they threw all the tools in a tub. they still had them, but they they weren't taking up a bunch of space. And they had an active gardener in the family. so then they they used that space to put the gardening tools up so they would be easy to access. And then they also had they love to go skiing and camping. So they had shelves on the other side of their garage that held all that gear right there ready to put in the car and go so they were very focused on how they wanted to spend their time and making it super easy to access that stuff so there's nothing nothing holding you back from doing it
0: so how do you get so let's say you're going to do your garage Mm -hmm. because i did this recently with my husband because he likes to save everything Uh so let's say you decide you're going to do your garage you pull everything out you start to look through things What's the, what's the association that you get with, with people. And I do this with certain things too, that you're like attached to something like even you haven't seen it in years, uh-huh. you pull it out and you say, Oh, they but you have it. trouble letting it go because it has some sort of either emotional attachment or mm-hmm. history or memory. Like, how do you get beyond that? Cause I know a lot of the people I coach are like, I can't throw anything away. Cause it all like it seems like it's going to be useful or meaningful or something so uh-huh. how do you coach people to do that
1: there's you know each person has a different reason for holding on to stuff so i would i'd probably talk with them and see what their reason is sometimes we spend a bunch of money on on something so we don't want to throw it away and admit how dumb we were it's worth, worth something
0: right <laughs> it's worth money
1: <laughs> yes so someone recently on on tiktok even said well just think of it as sunk costs, or you learned a lesson, and we we're often paying you know paying money for for classes or coaching. We're all, we're often paying money for education. So just call that that was a lesson. That was my education. I'm going to let go of it, maybe sell it or whatever if they really can. Um, and then, when it comes to something that you have an emotional attachment to, like a a tool that your grandpa gave you or something. One of the best things is just to just to like miniaturize or say you got four or five items that are very that 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 really speak to you emotionally. What's the one that's your most favorite? Like there's a flood coming in an hour and you have help to get the most important things out of your out of your house. Would you take all those things or would you just take one thing? What's the one thing? you take?
0: Yeah. What's the most important memory thing that you want to
1: keep? Yeah, in whatever category it is, whether it's memory or I've spent a bunch of money on it or I used to use it, but I don't really use it anymore. Whatever. If you put that thing on one side and then you look at all the others, it works the same with books too. If you look at, if you have five books and you look at which are your two favorites or your three favorites, put them on one side and then the other, they're kind of like, uh, you look at them and you feel less of an energetic connection, less of a, just a connection to it. So, Then it's easier to let go of that, that if you want to like downsize 30 percent or 40 percent, then then it's then it's just a numbers game. And that that can appeal to people that like to do numbers or engineers or guys or whatever. Yeah. um, Yeah. You just come up with a different strategy for each person. I had one family that like I think like you, they had lots of nice stuff in the basement, but it was pretty cluttered. Uh, disorganized sometimes it's just a matter of getting it back on the shelf and maximizing the use of the space because it's become disorganized but there really isn't that much stuff it's just all all over the place
0: right it's been pulled out and not put away or whatever Yeah.
1: you can you can start with that especially if you have such a hard time letting go but anyway when we got done with we did get rid of some stuff out of their basement and then we got they had lots of nice shelving so we got it put back on the shelves uh, in, a, in an easier to access way. And their 10-year-old son said, mom, now we can play down here. And just the joy in his voice was, that just made the whole thing worthwhile. And it's, you know, just look at your at your bigger life picture in general. It's usually the relationships that matter. It's not the
0: thing. Not the stuff.
1: Yeah, so sometimes you just have to latch on to some story that really grips you emotionally. Um, I have a, a friend whose mom was always all about, these are the family heirlooms. These are the family antiques. You need to take really good care of them, and they're very important. Yes. And so she infused her daughter with this thought all her life. And then on her deathbed, she said, you know, they really don't matter at all. It's the people. It's the relationships. So her daughter's going, thanks, mom.
0: <laughs> no, <I got laughs> now these, she has I a just... lifelong guilt of saving everything, right? <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: So just some inspiring story that that helps you stay on track or keeps you going, and yeah. it realize it's it's a process and and it does take time because, like you said, you you are very busy. I'm I'm. Uh, currently single and my kids are grown and I work at home. I don't have to commute. I don't have to blah, blah, blah. And I don't have a lot of stuff, but still I get, you know, I get, I run out of time to keep everything tidy too.
0: Yeah. You get overwhelmed. I mean, it's very easy. It's easy to get a a sink full of dishes mm -hmm. and that can be overwhelming. It's easy to get a pile you know, of papers, which is kind of a little bit what I have right here. It's like, oh, this is the stuff I need to do. So Uh there's a pile and it's neat, but at some point it becomes overwhelming because it keeps stacking up. But it used to happen at work when we had paper records, which was a a long time ago. Now they're on the computer, Uh but it's still a stacking up of I have to do things that causes that overwhelm and that, you know, it's almost like getting paralyzed in fear, Mm -hmm. that you know you can't handle it exactly like the thought yeah so
1: oh go ahead i what i do with my work my engineering sometimes it's hard to start the work and sometimes it's easy but i'll work for half an hour i'll set a timer and then i'll then i'll spend 10 minutes taking a break and sometimes i'll say okay i'm going to put away 20 things during this 10 minutes and get a drink or get a cup of coffee or something and then then I could go back to work. So I'm if, you know I'm working at home and I'm surrounded by things that might need to need to get done, but I'm I'm working on it in little bits of time. And so I do actually make progress over the day and it gives me a nice break. Sometimes I just flop down on the floor and read for 10 minutes. So um whatever whatever it takes for your individual person, because you're all brilliant.
0: <laughs> they definitely <laughs> are. Veterinarians are very smart people and i think sometimes it works to their detriment mm-hmm. because they are so perfectionistic they are so motivated they are so goal oriented uh-huh. that the clutter and that's why i was excited to have you on the show is the clutter just really bothers them and seems to be mm-hmm. kind of a sticking point almost yeah i i thought of this question while you were talking so i'm going to ask you and see what you think If you're one of those people that is feeling stuck and overwhelmed about whatever decluttering you want to do or organizing you want to do, does it help to have um, a coach or someone, you know, I've coached people through their own clutter in their homes But does it help to have someone come in with you, like into your home and help you or a friend even and say, Mm -hmm. look, I really need to clean this closet, but I can't do it. I'm too overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and be a little bit more objective. You know, I know when we were cleaning our garage, I'm much more objective about all the junk than my husband was because he gets attached. And I'd be like, really, really, do we have to keep this? And I like (laughs) challenge his thinking, you know, Mm -hmm. would that help someone that was really struggling? Do you think?
1: Oh yeah, that's huge. Um, part of what organizers do is they they listen to people's stories about the stuff. And when when someone listens em- empathically or empathetically, then you then it's easier to let go of it because you're 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 kind of letting go of a part of yourself. Yes. And so when somebody acknowledges that you're an important human being, you exist and and what you've done is important, then it's it's easier to let go of it. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it helps a lot. Like I have another friend who's an organizer. She came in one day to help me with my office and she pointed out several things that I could do that might make it simpler. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I never thought of that. And, and, you know, I've got all kinds of ideas and, and the background that helps me want to keep it simplified. But um, yes, it helps a ton to have either a friend I'd say, because I don't, I don't like being challenged that much, but I'd say a friendly <laughs> friend, <laughs> not one who's going to say, well, I wouldn't keep that crap because, so why are you well, keeping it?
0: Or you could hire somebody that's not emotionally involved with you at all. Exactly. Like yeah. I would think in my house, if I invited a, a good friend in that, that would be more difficult for me than if I uh-huh. invited say you in that I just met. Right. And I would feel less threatened by that relationship. Uh-huh trying to clean up than I would with one of my best friends so I think it's an individual thing like if you're really comfortable with your best friend challenging you you're thinking the other thing I thought of as you were talking and talking about getting rid of things that were emotional to you I found myself in the last I don't know five to ten years taking photograph of of things that I'm getting rid of so if I have Uh like a picture like a I don't know, a painting or, or a piece of something that I I'm a little bit attached to, and I'm having trouble letting it go. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to take a picture of this. So I can remember it. And then I'm going to get rid of, then I'm going to put it in the, you know, the donation pile or whatever. And that's kind of helped me let go of some things because I can still see it and know that it existed, but I no longer have it piling around my house. Exactly. Yeah. That's so a wonderful thing that people can do. I'm, um,
1: yeah, it's a great idea. That's the ultimate in miniaturization. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think that's when you said it. I thought of it. I'm like, what if you took a picture? Because uh-huh. there are some things that I'm like, oh, I really don't like a puzzle. Like I'll make a puzzle. And then you're like, oh, I don't want to get rid of this because I just spent all this time building it. Uh-huh. So I started this at work. We used to build puzzles. I would say, well, let's just take a photograph of it uh-huh. and then we can crumble it up and give it right. to someone else. But we yeah. we have proof that it, it existed uh-huh. and that we yep. spent time doing it. Yeah
1: it's cool that you let yourself accept that because some people wouldn't they'd say well photograph is not the same thing but but yeah if that works for you that's outstanding that's a wonderful well,
0: you have that you still have the memory but you don't have to keep the thing uh-huh
1: you oh know? yeah that's that's always the case yeah yeah
0: I maybe because I'm a scrapbooker I love scrapbooking and the, and that's another problem because then you have all these scrapbooks laying around your house my kids would say, Mom, what are you gonna do with all these scrapbooks? I'm like, I don't know, I'll give them to you, I guess. And then you guys <laughs> can throw them away. <laughs> but well, yeah. It's okay yeah. because
1: it's it's a relief, it's a release for you to do the scrapbooking. It's something different than than your practice was. And it's okay. I mean, it's okay to have some hobbies, even hobbies that take up space. The main thing is, are you getting rid of all the non-essential stuff in your in your environment so that you can actually focus on these things that make life more fun. Yes. Uh, that's, that's, see, that's a perfect way to focus your energy and, and say, I want to, I want to feel like I can any old time. I want to go spend half an hour on my scrapbooking. I don't have to feel guilty because the kitchen's a mess or whatever. It's hard to, hard to keep up with it. We, we have to always keep in mind the maintenance cost of everything that we buy because it isn't just looking at it and enjoying it. It's keeping it clean, um, keeping it safe. One of my favorite stories was about a woman in New York who was very, very wealthy. She had a very nice apartment and some some people broke in one day and stole all her jewels and her furs and her, you know, point whatever she had collected, they took it all. And wow. she wrote a letter to the... Um, A letter to the editor of the New York Times, publicly thanking these burglars for taking away all her stuff because she realized how much energy she'd been putting into acquiring them, insuring them, protecting them with a security system, which didn't work in this case, you know, whatever. She's like, oh, I feel so free.
0: Isn't that something?
1: So a thing like that inspires me. And I I always like to think, what if I... Won the lottery, and for some reason, I had to stay in the same house I'm in. Right? I just had to stay there. Right. Would I? Would I keep all this stuff that's floating around, knowing I could easily replace it if I really needed it, or wouldn't right. I? Yeah, so, that's
0: that's a fascinating thought exercise, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and it's more fun than just, dang, this place is a wreck. I need to I need to get rid of everything. It's a it's a fun way to change your thinking about stuff.
0: Yeah, or it means something about you. I think the thing that I hear a lot is the judgment that comes from. The, there's something wrong with me because my house isn't organized, or there's something wrong with me because I can't clean this closet, or or whatever it is. And right. I just tell people, I'm like, no, it's it's just your thinking. So we have to work on your thinking, mm-hmm. which will open it up. You know, I did. I worked with somebody one time that had moved to an apartment and they hadn't unpacked the boxes in a year. Uh huh. And so it wasn't the boxes, they were overwhelmed, but it was also their thoughts that were underneath that of why they couldn't settle in. Okay. You know, there's a lot of emotion wrapped around things, I think. Oh, exactly. That you find in your, when yeah, you're writing your book. Uh huh. It's huge. Yeah. It's huge. To and, clean up uh, the emotions. And it's okay to leave.
1: See, the thing is, when you got kids, especially got young kids around, and it just seems so chaotic. Well, that's part of the deal. <laughs>
0: it's, it's that's gonna... the fun of it, right? From yeah. somebody whose kids are grown, like both of our kids are grown, and half of the fun, it was the chaos. Yeah. So looking back,
1: you gotta, so kind of... yeah, give yourself credit and definitely take away whenever you can take away the judgment, that's good. And because the judgment can keep you from moving forward too. It's, it's the shame and the judgment is like what holds you back
0: so and in so many areas of your life right mm-hmm. yeah yep. whenever you're trying to accomplish anything there's a lot of of judgment self-judgment mm-hmm.
1: well, so like- what oh go ahead our lives can be very complicated not just with raising kids the practice trying to eat right getting stuff ready for your accountant I mean it's it's ginormous so anytime you can give yourself credit give yourself a break that's a good thing to do
0: yeah, and prioritize the things that you have to do versus the things that you're worried about that are causing shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I love the idea of of involving the family. If you have little kids and you're like, all right, we're going to clean the toy room and we're going to get rid of 10 things today. And mm-hmm. we're going to donate them to some other little kids that need them or something like that. Just kind of getting it to be an activity, maybe.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, they love having mom and dad involved and stuff yeah. like that.
0: So what have we not talked about that we should before we have to get done here? Is there something I haven't asked you that I should have?
1: <laughs> well, mainly that the time that it takes to organize and declutter is worth it many times over. And like you said, sometimes it's hard to get started or it's hard to fit it into the schedule, but it's, it's really rewarding. The hardest part is getting started mm-hmm. and so I I often tell people and it makes sense you start with things that you're less emotionally attached to that you know kind of mean nothing to you. You got to get your muscle going of decluttering and downsizing that section of your life and then you move on to the stuff that's a little more difficult to to let go because you're already hmm, it feels good. You're already in the mode. One of the most interesting things that I learned as I was writing this book at the very end I was mentioning the endorphins I was, I was in a, this was during the the lockdown, the pandemic, I was lying outside on a yoga class at my athletic club. Look, we we're doing the Shavasana, the pose at the end where you just lie on your back.
0: My favorite one. Yes, my too. I'm like, can we do <laughs> well, this? The whole time? So when we get to that, I'm like, oh yes, this is great. <laughs> yes.
1: So I'm looking up into the dappled leaves. The sunshine was, it was like a beautiful oak tree or whatever, g- gorgeous leaves. And then the, the instructor's voice was very soothing and the music was soothing. And I'm just like, oh, I feel so good. Ajavasana. And all of a sudden I went, wait a minute. It's not that stuff that's releasing the endorphins in my body. It's me. I'm the one that's letting the endorphins go. It's not the music. It's not the leaves. It's not the instructor. It's me. Yes. That's that's when the penny dropped that I could, I could learn to turn that on any time. And doing tapping is a great way to do it, but simply light, lightening up and letting go and looking at the funny side of things where you start laughing or whatever, even if you're doing it in your mind,
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) you can't do it in your business.
0: Speaking about the funny part of it, one of the things that I've challenged some of my clients to do that are, are worried about their cleaning up their house Uh is to start with their underwear drawer. Because that's quick. Like I, I you can organize your underwear drawer or your sock drawer. Uh-huh. You could do that in maybe 10 minutes. So set your uh-huh. timer, throw out all the old stuff that you'd never wear, get rid of the ones with holes in them, make yeah. it neat, and then that will kind of inspire you to go on to whatever the one is that's driving you crazy. Exactly. You know, start with something small that you can uh-huh. that you can tackle and win, win over. Right. And when I when I say taking everything out of a space, it's
1: hard to do that for a whole room. Yes, it's 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 probably ideal, but it's hard because you may not have enough hours to process everything and get it back. But um, so then I guess you would do a small area. Lots of organizers, including <clears throat> Marie Kondo, suggests getting getting everything of a category together from all over your house, all the wow. books in one pile, all the clothes, you know, just one, one category at a time. And then you can really see which ones do I really love and which ones are just kind of hanging on. Um, Again, it's another way of sorting out the loved items and the stuff that's just taking up space that you don't use or enjoy. So um, yeah, there's so many different ways to approach it, but, but starting small is always good because then every time you go look at that drawer, you go, Oh, you can feel the endorphins again. <laughs>
0: well, and you have to look at that, that one every day, right? Because you're constantly putting on clean underwear and clean socks. <laughs> uh-huh. So yep. that's why I, I kind of like that. Or your desk. I like organizing the desk. Uh-huh. It's at work. I think for people that work, getting your desk neat helps right. you feel more focused. So uh-huh. I love all this. I love this stuff. Okay. So tell me... Um, Give me a couple of like top tips for people that are listening to us. And they're like, okay, what one thing can I do this week? Or what two things can I do this week to feel better about being decluttering and organizing? You can,
1: if you haven't done it yet, you could, you could just sit down and just with either with yourself or your family, decide what you guys want your life to be. Mm. Like basically how you want to spend your time. I love that. Um, I had one one client who said every saturday i think i'd like to go for a bike ride or check out a museum but then i think i should do something with those boxes in the guest room that that have been there since we since we moved last and and then i end up not doing either of them because i right. just stagnate cuz you're avoiding yeah and i said how long since you moved and she goes 10 years <laughs> so if if it's really important to you to have everything cleaned up, then so that you can go ride the bike or whatever, then that's your number one priority is getting that, that log jam out of the way. Right. And, and like you said, tackling something small, I I just think that learning how to do tapping or even, even if you just do the 10 minute do nothing meditation, and you don't try to direct your thoughts, but you could say, what should I know about my house organizing project? You give yourself that question before you stop start. You don't necessarily focus on it while you're meditating, while you're looking out the window, getting bored. You just throw it out there and let your intuition bring it to you. So, yeah, and,
0: and you'll be less anxious and less overwhelmed if exactly. you put your brain in a in a calmer state. Mm-hmm. Because you can't do anything with anxiety and overwhelm. You're not right. gonna. You're not gonna tackle anything, even the underwear drawer, right? Exactly. Yeah, and, I love
1: that. And realize that any step that you take, even if you didn't get to any step that week, but any step forward is is a good one in the right direction to That's help right. you have a less cluttered life.
0: That's awesome. Great. Well, tell. um tell anybody out there where they can find you or if they can find your book if they want to know more about what you do or they want to read your book
1: okay well my website is clear the that's clearthespace.com that's c l e a r t h e s p a c e.com i've got quite a few videos on tiktok a few on youtube and that's that's the main thing instagram i'm on as well but um so the website has information, contact information. Connie at clearthespace.com is my email if anybody cares. But uh and the books are the books available as an ebook, a paperback, a hardback, and an audio version.
0: So you don't have to clutter up your house if you just right. buy the ebook. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like I like books. I like to hold on to them, but yeah. they do they can if once you read them. If you can't like pass them on, they can be cluttering, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've kind of decided I'm going to look at my books and say, if I needed a book to read tonight, would I pick that one up? And uh, if the answer day after day after day is no, <laughs> it's probably in your past. So
0: you don't, you no longer need it.
1: Yeah, that that even goes to books you haven't read yet. That you, that you think you want to read.
0: <laughs> Truth, yeah, or books that you started and then you quit reading because you're not that interested. Mm-hmm, yeah. I have a hard time not finishing a book once I start it, but some of oh, them yeah. I'm like, why am I reading this? I don't like it.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So that's uh, bookshop.org has, I believe, the hardcover and the um, paperback version on it. And that's a nice way to support independent booksellers is to order a book through bookshop.org. Okay. Otherwise, it's available on the big, big name platforms.
0: Right, right. Okay. Well, I appreciate you being with me. Oh, thank you so much. Anything else we want to say? No, I think that. I'm definitely going to keep in touch because I need somebody that knows how to organize, especially for some of my clients, because I I can do some of it. And I'm a pretty organized person, but Mm -hmm. we all get bogged down. Exactly. And stuff and Right. Yeah. Cool. Well, it sounds and like you, stuff.
1: <laughs> you've um, <laughs> you've done a good job of developing your coaching, so
0: I probably need to talk with you as well. There we go. Yeah. Well, we'll keep this relationship going. Great. Thanks, Julie. All right. Well, everybody check out Connie. And um, if you're feeling cluttered this week, go clean something up, even if it's something small, organize your desk and then let us know how it feels. You can email either one of us and let us know what you did this week. Well, that's our challenge, right? Right. <laughs> All right. Have a beautiful week, everyone. Bye. Bye, Connie. Bye-bye.